Hello and welcome back to Meet the Chefs. Today I'm sitting down with Florence Maneschi and she's the Head of Business Development at Badiani in Spain. Badiani, originally from Italy, is one of the first ever gelato producers and in this podcast we're going to cover absolutely everything gelato and ice cream you could dream of. Since our origins in Florence they have of course expanded but it is still a family business. They blew up massively in London in the past few years and they've become somewhat of a social media sensation. I did get to try that same sensational brioche that they call here the burger. There are some really interesting things in this conversation, and more than anything, their signature flavour uses just four ingredients. Anyway, Florence is going to go into it extremely well, and I'm going to leave it to her, but I really hope you enjoy this chat. Welcome back, everybody. Um, it's another complete switch up today in the podcast. We're at a gelateria in Barcelona, um, a slightly different from Michelin star restaurants and street food that have been our, our past two podcasts. Um, and we're here in Badiani, so I'd like to welcome my guest who is going to introduce herself and Badiani itself. Thank you very much, Oliver. Uh, well, I'm Florence. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the country manager for Badiani here in Spain. Uh, where we're trying to um, deploy this new uh, country and uh, successes. Um, we have arrived in Spain back in April 2022 when we opened here in Barcelona our first flagship store uh, in Carrer Rosselló, which is uh, one of the streets that crosses with Passage de Gracia, the emblematic posh road yeah, <laughs> in town. Lot, you know, it's a lot of designer stores. Yes. It's, and I always think it's, um, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's the flagship shopping store, is it, here in Barcelona? Absolutely. And that's where also we want to be, because we want to make sure that people understand that we want to bring gelato mm -hmm. to a complete other level. We produce here in Carrer Rosselló. Mm -hmm. We have our laboratory. Yeah, just to, just to paint the scene, we're actually <laughs> sat in the, in the laboratory at the moment as it's a Sunday. There's no making going on. This sort of huge airy site you've got here is beautiful. Yes, all very, um, very sparkly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> very shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really a laboratory. Mm -hmm. um, and here is where we make the gelato for all of Spain. Mm -hmm. So you've got to imagine that when the production is going on, we've got three chefs. So you're exporting to the rest of Spain from here? Yes. Wow, okay, now I'm understanding the capacity thing that you were talking about before. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we, well, we just come out of our peak season. Mm -hmm. um, and during peak season, we had four active stores opened. Mm -hmm. uh, one in Soto Grande, mm -hmm. down, uh, down in Malaga. Uh, one in Palamos, which mm -hmm. is up in Costa Brava. Um, here we had one, we have and are still active, the store in Rosselló and in San Cugat. Mm -hmm. uh, but also we have some high-end luxury hotels oh, wow. which have been purchasing our gelato uh, oh, wow. as part of their menu list. Is that mainly here in Barcelona or across Spain as well? Across Spain, we've been in Ibiza, mm -hmm. um, Sitges, um, Cannes also oh, in France. Uh, we're in one of the best hotels in the world Incredible, in, yeah. in Spain, in France. They sound like enjoyable sales trips for you if you do get to do them as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I've got a pretty cool job. <laughs> um, so before we go into 
Badiani here in Spain. I want to sort of take it right back to the start because yep. it's a very historic company. Yep. Um, so could you just tell the listeners the story a little bit of how you guys originated in Italy and everything behind the brand? Absolutely. So try and go back in 1932. Mm -hmm. Of course, no big freezers, uh, no laboratories, just people trying to do different stuff mm -hmm. with the kind of ingredients that you could find back in the days. And you had this um, Florentine uh, man, mm -hmm. the number one uh, in the whole history of Badiani, mm -hmm. uh, who decided to try and make and take to a different level something that had already been tried a couple of centuries before, or so to make a cold dessert. Mm -hmm. And that's when he developed uh, his own gelato and actually um, dedicated to Buontalenti, who was an architect who is supposed to be um, the inventor of gelato. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Badiani, literally in 1932, was one of the first, I would say, 10 people in Europe, if not in the world, uh -huh. making gelato. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when he handed over the whole company to his chef, um, who um, is actually the grandfather of the current director of production. So it's a completely family-run business which since... Is, yeah, which is extraordinary, really, yes. because it seems almost, it seems like there is sort of quite a constant, almost corporate identity about it, but it's still got those family roots running Absolutely. through it. Absolutely. You've got uh, our Mr. Pomposi, we've got mm -hmm. Paolo Pomposi and <laughs> Nicola Pomposi, who are the directors of production in Italy, London, and here in Spain. And they are, they spend loads of time trying to improve recipes, create new mm -hmm. recipes, because you've always got to be up to speed with what the market demands. Mm -hmm. And they also withhold the original recipe that is nearly 90 years, over 90 years old. And that is going, is still being considered one of the best um, gelatos mm -hmm. in the world, uh, with all the with all the prizes that we've uh, won, mm -hmm. uh, bear in mind that our crema buontalenti, so that mm -hmm. first recipe that I was telling you about yeah. when Mr. Badiani started this whole uh, journey, is made only with four ingredients. Okay, take us through those four ingredients. That is milk, mm -hmm. sugar, cream and eggs. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Uh, I challenge you to taste it later. And try and identify the yeah. structure behind. Like, uh, I've got people saying, "Oh, I really like the flavor, the, es the vanilla essence." There's no vanilla essence, or the caramelization. There's no caramel inside. So, I mean, that's all in the process. Isn't yes. It? There's absolutely no flavoring whatsoever. No flavoring. Right, we okay. we utilize only natural ingredients. Mm -hmm. And as, a, as part of our policy, we also try to be as local as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, yes, our recipes are nearly 100 years old, but when we move into a different country, all of those ingredients that we can source locally, we yeah. do. And this, this is one of the fascinating things I was gonna ask you about with, you've got such a historic Italian brand and you're bringing it to a new market, but how do you balance that authentic ingredients, authentic recipes with sourcing local ingredients, which I guess is not only good for your ethos and everything, but is economically much Absolutely. easier. Absolutely. We, we, we believe in 
but it, we will thrive if the whole community thrives. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, well, also it makes sense under a pure logistics point yeah, of view. Yeah, Why would I bring a fre <laughs> an ingredient that needs to be super fresh mm -hmm. from thousands of kilometers away? Yeah. It just wouldn't make sense. You've got to imagine that from Monday till Saturday, we've got milk and cream mm -hmm. delivered here at the door mm -hmm. uh, by local milk milkmen, mm -hmm. local yeah. milkmen. And that gives also a different um, flavor. So the same recipe, so let's take our Buontalenti. If you try it in Italy, in Spain, or in London, it will taste differently. Mm -hmm. And that for us is an added value. Like we're not the kind of product that we want to be uniform across mm -hmm. the board. I think that would take away authentic authenticity mm -hmm. rather than adding it on. And was that? Was that the idea right from the start when you guys started to expand? What yes. was the first expansion actually out of? Out the first of expansion was in London. Was in London. Uh, and it was actually uh, a personal challenge mm -hmm. of one of the family members who moved to London for mm -hmm. personal reasons. And when he was there, he just made one plus one and said, OK, I'll do the thing that I know how to make better, mm -hmm. gelato. Sure. And it just. And how many stores and countries are you worldwide now? So, uh, we've got 15 stores in the UK, mm -hmm. plus one van. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got three stores in Italy, all in Florence. And we currently have two open stores as we speak mm -hmm. here in Spain because we've shut down the two season to season. season, to sure. season. But within the next 60 days, we'll have another three here in Spain. Mm -hmm. We're actually, as we speak there, building up the site. Very exciting. I mean, earlier you used the word deploy, which I think is actually a really interesting way to look at it. Because there are obviously so many challenges when brands move into new markets. And I think it's notable how slowly and thoughtfully Badiani have done it compared to some. Yeah. What are the biggest challenges for you guys when you move, well, when you moved here into Spain, for example? Well, um, of course, You've got to believe in the project since you start with. Mm -hmm. So you've got to accept the fact that there will be challenges, but not be scared of them. Mm -hmm. uh, be ready to, to go with it. Um, here in Spain, it's a country where gelato is not mature, mature yet in terms of quality slash uh, pricing. You may find many people who definitely appreciate the quality, but still yeah. do not understand that it's a, a all year round dessert like let's switch out of the whole gelato is only a summer mm -hmm. treat absolutely not gelato can be a full year round um, dessert it's so sophisticated mm -hmm. um, so elaborated and literally it can be paired with so many other desserts that it can work anytime mm -hmm. here in Spain the culture of gelato is very old um, a little bit like in, um, in Italy, there were potentially some experiments going on ahead of um, World War II. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, what happened is that gelato became big only in the 50s, 60s with industrialization, mm -hmm. therefore industrial gelato. So when you talk to Spanish people, they connect um, automatically to two or three big 
industrial brands sure. and they don't uh, and what we are trying to to change our personal revolution is trying to explain that there is a huge difference between ice cream and gelato yeah and do you want to explain that to the listeners quickly the difference Absolutely. between ice cream and gelato because it's the yeah. key to so That's many the key. of these <laughs> so many of these places that i've written about and been to and that you get some people who get really angry at you i spoke to an old italian man in vienna who set yeah. up this this gelateria and it had been his lifelong dream and he set it up and he's won all these awards for the best ice cream in, well gelato but ice cream competitions yeah in austria and he got really angry a couple of times in the interview. I called it ice cream instead of gelato. <laughs> well, I don't get angry because <laughs> I understand that um, it's a revolution. So yeah. it will take time to, mm -hmm. to, for everybody to understand mm -hmm. it. Uh, it's as when we used to have telephones yeah. and we called this uh, telephone yeah. instead of smartphone or yeah. just phone. Yeah. Uh, I may be a little bit older than you. So for me, <laughs> this kind of comparison makes more sense. But I mean, gelato is a dessert. Mm -hmm. It utilizes only premium ingredients. It has less air and okay. that is key because whenever you go into a supermarket or to one of those ice creams, you'll notice the difference when they try to prepare your cup of cone. It's rock hard. If it's rock hard, just check at the temperature on the freezer. If it's below minus 15, that means they have to keep it colder because otherwise it will just... Yeah, completely collapse. Yeah, yeah it will collapse. Uh, so you're eating, when you're having an ice cream, you're eating potentially half of half of the product is air. Mm -hmm. Another experiment that you can do is like take a gelato and take an ice cream, leave them under the sun and let them melt. Mm -hmm. You'll see that one just reduces to almost nothing. The other one takes a little bit long, takes it's faster to to melt mm. because of course it doesn't have any chemical ingredient mm -hmm. keeping the structure up. Um, but it will dissolve to a cream, a unified mm. cream, instead of separating. Gelato also, um, because it is served at a higher temperature, mm. um, the flavors are way more intense. Mm -hmm. And if the products were not of top quality, anybody would identify it, sure. because the flavor would the just flavors, come in yeah in a different way and why I mean, I'm intrigued as to how you pick the markets how the like why did you choose Spain over say France or Germany or you know and things like that and why Barcelona as well within Spain well again there's a little bit of personal reasons yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so in London what happened and what brought us to grow so rapidly was that um, investors started mm -hmm. believing in the in the project and some of these investors were from Catalonia, from okay. Barcelona. Yeah, because you guys are massive in London. I mean, yes. As for tourists, but also as someone who, who lives in London, like it's sort of it's renowned as one of the sort of four or five places that actually does have really good gelato. Sort yeah. of a, a big treat for Londoners to go there. Exactly, and that's also our aim here in uh, mm -hmm. in in Barcelona and Spain. 
but some of the investors who believed in us since the since day one in London are from Barcelona. Okay. And so we started running studies on our expansion project and Spain just fit in uh, and ticked all the boxes, like a country where the extended summer uh, can help us mm. drive the revolution to an all year mm. round dessert. Um, the competitors on the market, so the large competitors on the market, um, and there are quite a few, although they've been for a very long time, we like to think that in terms of product we have several added values that mm -hmm. they don't have. Um, also the type of um, service that we want to offer. Uh, all of our stores are private property, they are mm -hmm. ours. We do not do franchising. Uh -huh. All of the stores, all of the employees are Badiani employees. Is that the same in London as well? Absolutely. Okay. All of the stores are ours. That gives us the full end-to-end -end control mm -hmm. in the stores. So if there's something that's not going on, going exactly how we planned, mm -hmm. how it planned, how we planned it to go, mm -hmm. uh, we can intervene. Uh, if a customer shows up and says, "Oh, why don't you do this?" We can bring it to the desk of the uh, of the director of production mm -hmm. within hours mm -hmm. and find a solution if we have to do it. Um, so it gives us like. A, a lot less complexity that you would have in a big corporate company sure. or if you were uh, franchising you could never do it because yeah. when you're franchising you just buy them from a catalog and selling whatever is being whatever is being offered to you top down where we like to go also bottom up and the idea that so you're producing all the ice cream for Spain here in Barcelona yeah how what are the main challenges in shipping that to different parts of Spain. I mean, that must be challenging, and just, I mean, from a logistical point of view. How does that whole system operate? Well, first of all, we've got a very good logistics department. Yeah, I could imagine, <laughs> yeah. It must be. Well, uh, in logistics, there are some special carriers that are, mm -hmm. um, that are exceptional and do a huge job in, um, in the transportation of mm -hmm. um, frozen products. Um, the partners that we use are partners who have uh, a large experience across the country and internationally, and um, their their levels of uh, perfection makes makes it so that also pharmaceutical companies choose them as carriers. Um, the the complexity, I would say, is when uh, a pickup doesn't happen. Mm. Well, then there are kind of bottlenecks that happen here at the yeah. lab. Uh, if the carrier has had an accident mm. uh, or the truck has broken yeah, down. Yeah, you supply chain here. I mean, it, you, don't, exactly. you don't have that much space. No. So this is the whole of Spain. Exactly. Um, whereas other companies, not talking about gelato companies, mm -hmm. but whatever company producing something, you overproduce, not a problem, I'll just store mm -hmm. it there in the corner. We cannot do it, of yeah. course. It has to be in the freezer. Sort of, when you're talking about pharmaceuticals, <laughs> it sort of reminds me of this when we were having the vaccine problems for COVID. Exactly. And that exact same thing with certain vaccines at different temperatures and all of this. And yeah, shipping. we we've got to the whole cold chain needs mm -hmm. to be um, needs to be covered meticulously. These freezers here that you see mm -hmm. inside each one of them has two thermometers. One of them is connected to an online platform and if ever the temperature goes below yeah. what it should be, alarms start going <laughs> and phones start ringing, whatever the time is. And I can <laughs> tell you that for a fact. And it looks, 
It looks so innocuous in here. <laughs> yeah, it does. But it, no, I can assure you that if something happens, like 10 people get woken up at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I want to also hear about the other products you've got here because yep. you've got gelato, but you've also got crepes, you've got coffee, which yep. I imagine is a fairly big part of what you guys are offering. How do they all fit into the Badiani brand? And what, and what are they? What is that? So the original Badiani, so uh -huh. the one that you will find in Florence in, in Via dei Mille, mm -hmm. um, was originally like an Italian extended cafeteria mm -hmm. with the whole gelato corner, yeah. the whole uh, lunch corner, the whole panini corner. Yeah. Of course, in London, when we started, we started only with gelato. And mm -hmm. the British... Um, the British culture also accepts gelato in a wider way. Yeah, I think uh, it's so. I always think it's just so strange in England because you get sort of cafes, but then you won't be able to get lunch. Like in yeah. Italy and France and Spain and the whole Mediterranean, you have this sort of culture of somewhere you can go. It opens at nine a.m. and it shuts at midnight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas that isn't something in England. So presumably no. that's not something you've been able to implement. Well, everywhere. we are doing that. That's. Uh -huh the long-term plan, sure. but Rome wasn't built in a day, and um, there are several bits and pieces that need to be, uh, need to be, need to mm. fit in the system. The first one is that staff needs to be, staff needs to be trained. Mm -hmm. uh, we always try to make sure that all of our products are served in the best possible mm -hmm. way. And for our coffees, for example, we don't, we don't want to serve just a coffee. Mm -hmm. We've developed Badiani recipes mm -hmm. of coffee with gelato, coffee with cream, coffee with our salsas, which is a huge part of what we do because let's not forget that Paolo Pomposi is also a maître chocolatier wow. and he okay. makes his own sauces like the magic sauce mm -hmm. that you will taste after. Mm -hmm. There's one made out of pistachio oh. and one made out of um, hazelnuts and chocolate. Mm -hmm. Or to die for I can <laughs> and we've developed all these special coffees that have layers of coffee salsa cream biscuits uh, so anybody can make a coffee mm -hmm. we want to make the best possible coffee experience for our customers mm -hmm. because it's um, there are all sorts of other cafeterias that can make coffee and again in terms of keeping everything balanced that's not necessarily what we want to do as for crepes, the same goes. Um, we, um, and actually in the new stores, we are even going to push further on uh, the crepe end mm -hmm. because we've uh, done some uh, tests here in Spain across the summer, uh, trying out savory crepes also. Ooh. And then you're moving to that lunch territory. <laughs> exactly, and what could be best than a crepe, a gelato and a drink? Yeah, and there's a lot of menu del dia type yeah. deals you can, you can create out of that. Yeah, and that can make our gelato a daily indulgence uh -huh. if the menu is balanced. Um, you don't have to necessarily have uh, a huge portion of gelato, mm -hmm. but if you can have your daily little shot, why not? <laughs> I want to um, just also talk through the, the process of making gelato, yep. step by step. Not, you know, we don't have to go into extreme detail, but I think it is something that a lot of people don't really know. So we have this huge room here. I wonder if you could just take us through, through that process. Yes. Imagine that every morning the milkman arrives and delivers freshly, um, freshly mm, 
milked. Know, milked what, milk. Milk, yeah, milk, I, I milk? How can you say that? <laughs> Let's go with milked milk. I mean, I've worked in a, I still work in a hot chocolate shop when I'm in England. And uh, yeah, that same yeah. delivery of, of milk every yeah. morning. I don't enjoy, I feel like here, where I work, we have to carry it all downstairs. That's a bit uh, more no, of a time. it goes from here to there. Yeah, that's a much, that's a much better process. So the milk yeah. arrives. Milk arrives and um, they start making the magic sauce. Mm -hmm. The magic sauce then needs to rest. Sure. It, you can't put it immediately in the machine. They are all, depending on the flavor, it has to mature um, an amount of uh, time at a definite temperature. Sure. Every flavor has a different um, recipe mm -hmm. that includes not only time, ingredients, but also temperature, temperature at that time, uh, pasteurization, mm -hmm. if it has eggs. Uh, we've got to make sure that the product is consistent, but also always safe and that flavor just kicks mm -hmm. in. And that's something that you can clearly define from our flavors. Once the the sauce, I'll call it, because mm -hmm. at that point it's still liquid, is ready. It goes in what we call a mantecadora, uh, which is that machine that you see yep. over there. And that's where the magic happens. Uh, it just comes out uh, as the most delicious cream you can <laughs> ever taste. Sure. Like when you eat it out of the machine, yeah. like just think of a different level of Okay, is of that flavor. just because of how fresh it is before it's, because it's been frozen? Of it, yes, it's mm. so fresh that you can literally taste the milk. That's extraordinary. And that after that, it has to go in a super freezer, mm -hmm. so at minus 40, yep. um, and after that it's ready. And then you bring it down, you, you move it. And then we move it move the across temperatures mm. to make sure that it's perfect. So presumably the process here is actually a lot simpler than somewhere where it would be ice cream with loads more different additives and things oh yeah like that. Uh, in the moment that you add addi additives you you're playing with temperatures and machines and things that are causing chaos <laughs> yes and you're literally only trying to achieve a low cog yeah a, a cost of good that it's low and because you're adding ingredients that yeah that, that are taking away from it. yeah I want to we're going to go on to a quick, quick fire round now. So I want to know the best ice cream you've ever had anywhere in the world. Well, um, I'll try and be more um, impartial as possible. Yeah, they're not, it's not allowed to be Badiani. This is an important It's not allowed no. to be Badiani. Jeez, uh, uh, I've had so much ice cream um, yeah, from I mean, Gelato in my life. I wouldn't be able to really answer this question. Um, I mean... So I'm a risk taker. So if ever there is a weird flavor, yeah. I'm going to try it. Well, that was one of the next questions. Was the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest ice cream flavor you've had. So yeah, go well, on, let's pair them. When I was um, a child, uh -huh. I used to live in Italy and I used to live in a very touristic area, which is called Massa Carrara. Mm -hmm. uh, not sure if you ever heard of the white marble of yes. Carrara. That's where I come mm -hmm. from. And there was there one of the most famous gelato stores at the moment. And every summer they used to do weird flavors like, do you know what a porcini mushroom is? Yes, I, I, okay, you know the flavor yeah, of the porcini? Yeah. I've been saying to listeners the past few weeks, I had foie gras ice cream for the first yeah. time recently. 
unbelievable. So I'm imagining yeah, a similarly confusing exactly. taste. Exactly. And um, I've recently met um, a guy in Italy who makes savoury gelato. Mm -hmm. Well, savoury. I would say fluid. Yeah, like okay. Fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all... Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that's, that's a cool word. Yeah, we can use these that, day, yeah. These days. Um, so he makes the most amazing combinations of, like, imagine a bruschetta. You know what a yeah. bruschetta is? Like yeah, a, yeah. Um, a tomato, tomato yes, stuff. with a basil ice cream on top. Basil ice cream is something I've had for the first time this summer, actually, and was blown away by it. Absolutely love And it. the thing is that I also tried the basil ice cream on its own. Yeah, on its own. And it worked. Yeah, basil, I think I had a basil sorbet in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, with I, we didn't record a podcast but we interviewed them and yeah i mean very bizarre but it's very so fresh bizarre. so light with with some like dark chocolate as well really yeah. uh i think I, that had uh, a little bit of lemon zest Ooh, very nice. uh to kick it and then i had um you know uh the meat that you use in a broth yeah, yeah i mean i suppose so yeah just um, like yeah that served with um a tomato parmesan ice cream okay i'm now yeah i'm less less sure about it that worked one, it worked <laughs> and then i had i don't know what the name of uh, the fruit is in english do you know what a khaki is no. a khaki fruit no but we'll the orange it. little soft apple oh, yes yes i do i can picture it but i also don't know what it's, i wouldn't have been able to tell you the name yeah and i don't think you have it in the uk no, that no fruit. we don't have many fruits in the uk <laughs> <laughs> and i had a gelato that flavor and i really liked it but you know what when you go to any ice cream store in mm. the world there are two flavors mm -hmm. that you've got to focus on the first one is the most simple that they have yeah so vanilla or like whatever exactly brown. ask whatever is your simplest one go for that one mm -hmm. and there you find the, the quality and the other one is pistachio i was about to say could be pistachio i went to one this same man who i was talking to in vienna um had four different types of pistachios because mm. it was all the different grades yeah of, and the most expensive one was like 13 euros a scoop they was like yeah. well people buy it because it's bronte pistachios from this one particular he could tell you the exact field the pistachios were from in Bronte. And he was like, well, you know, people absolutely, and it was, I mean, it was amazing, <laughs> you've yeah. got to say. And, and you can just taste it. Yeah, and yeah. also you've got to compensate the flavor of uh -huh. the pistachio, making sure that you're not putting too much salt. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a religion. <laughs> it's a religion. Well, I think pistachio in general is kind of like a religion as well. Yeah. Never mind gelato. Okay, final thing we always finish with is a dream dinner party. Mm. But we're gonna sort of adapt it for this and be a dream ice cream party. So you've got four people, dead or alive, who you can bring to this this ice cream ice cream party we're going with. And you've got to serve them sort of three courses of gelato related desserts. Or well, items. So I guess we could have a savory one, we could have some sweet in there. What are you going for? Who are you going for first and then what are you going to serve them? Oh, I've got to pick... You've got, you've got to pick four people, dead oh. or alive. Well, I would definitely go for somebody very influential. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, potentially, potentially I would invite King Charles. Oh, yeah. right, like that. That's the first yeah. royal we've had, I think, which I like. Yeah, yeah okay. I would invite him. Then Quite a refined palate, I think. Yes, well. exactly. A, yeah. I'm sure he would appreciate... Um, 
Another person uh, who I would invite is David Beckham. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've recently watched the Netflix. Who hasn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really think there's more, more to him. Yeah, he's a really um, impressive guy. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And then I would definitely invite um, Paolo Pomposi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's, superb, yeah. yeah. Who's our... Mm, well, it feels daunting, so yeah. ice cream to him. Exactly. But. <laughs> but I would invite him so he can give me a... Yeah, some steps. Some, some tips, some, yeah. And then potentially I would invite... Um, Entertainment, maybe a singer. Yeah, a singer. What do you think? Taylor Swift has come back time and time again. Oh, no, no. I think I would pick somebody more classy. I was going to say, yeah. It, we want, uh, I don't know who we could invite, but somebody very, very classy. If we were in Italy, in Italy I would invite Mina. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, we could have, um, yeah, sort of an Italian opera singer as well. Yes, or Gianni Morandi. Yes. Some, like... Some, you know, some, someone to really break out the fight. And also someone who's got a bit to talk about as well. Yeah. And who's had a lot of gelato or ice cream during his life, so he can actually Absolutely. Imba- and then enjoy. What are you serving them? Well, uh, if I'm serving all Badiani ice cream, yeah. I have to start from Buontalenti. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Explain them that that magic flavour is made only yeah. with four You could give them a whole PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't need it. It's only yeah. four ingredients. Yeah, yeah, like, true, it yeah. would be very short. Very <laughs> and uh, then I would definitely go with our Dolce Vita, uh-huh. which is our award-winning re- gelato. Uh-huh. It won Best Ice Cream in Europe in 2015. Uh, and that's very simple. It's just Buontalenti with a triple cape of handmade uh, sauce of uh, hazelnuts and chocolate. Oh. Amazing. And it's just a swirl of flavour. And then the last, last one. So if I were being corporate, I would have to say the pistachio, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> love it. <laughs> no, I, I just love the combination of pear sorbet with our Venezuela 72% dark chocolate. Oh. And afterwards, we're going to get into a very, yeah. we're going to get into a conversation about chocolate because, as someone who just say works in hot chocolate, yeah. big fan of big. Venezuelan chocolate. But yeah, we, I think we may have our Venezuela today, amazing. but it's a sorbet, it's vegan, yeah. it doesn't, it, and it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the chat, and um, thank yeah, you. I'm very excited to, to try some ice cream and different things as well. Let's go for it. Thanks so much again to Florence for chatting with me, and it's actually so fascinating to hear so many different aspects about this business. You've obviously got the whole complications from a logistical point of view of running an international and national operation here in Spain, but also the processes of the gelato itself are really quite remarkable, and the product too is fantastic. That ice cream that's just got milk, sugar, eggs and cream is unbelievable, and I really didn't expect to like it. In some kind of crazy way, it's got all the flavour in the world, but no flavouring at all. And trying to pick out those elements, as she says, really, really is interesting. Otherwise, I just don't know what my favourite thing was. I tried so, so many. The ice cream sandwiches are quite fantastic, and they're a favourite of Florence's because you get that layer. The burger was amazing. It's basically a toasted brioche with whatever ice cream you want inside, and then drizzles of whatever sauces you want, and the pistachio is absolutely to die for. Badiani is a really fascinating company, and to be honest, I had thought that there was a chance it would be one of those social media letdowns. How wrong I was. It was absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait to go back another time soon. 
Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode and check out the Instagram as well at Ollie Eats. That's O-L-I Eats It All. See you next time.